0: Hey guys, I'm Stephanie Wallace, and this is Independence Radio, a broadcast of Independence Care System. Independence Radio is a series of conversations with members of the ICS community about issues of health care and independent living for people with disabilities and older adults. My guest today is ICS member and employee Christy Cruz, who founded the Women's Empowerment Initiative. I spoke with Christy about her journey from being just an ICS member to joining the staff and becoming a group facilitator and mom. Now, enjoy the conversation. Can you tell us, Ms. Cruz, what you do here at um, ICS?
1: I'm an intake and enrollment coordinator, and my responsibility is to assist uh, new clientele become members of the organization.
0: Okay, and beyond that, the fun stuff. What do we do at ITS?
1: <laughs> well, um, I founded and facilitate um, a group called the Women's Empowerment Initiative. Uh, I launched a group in October of 2011 and it was via a conversation that I had with Latricia James in which gave me a little push and told me to go for what I wanted.
0: And, and what is it that you were looking for when you started the Women's Empowerment Initiative?
1: I was looking for um, the opportunity to bring women together and provide a safe support uh, system to where they can, you know, come together and share personal experiences based on disability, um, based on um, hobbies, and things of that nature.
0: And how did it turn out?
1: It turned out to be a lot better than I imagined. Um, First, let me tell you that um, I'm really honored to have such great group of women come together. And I feel at this stage, going almost five years into it, they can facilitate themselves. I don't need to necessarily be there. Um, I feel that having these women in my life kind of gives me a greater purpose in my own personal life.
0: And let me let you guys know I'm a part of the women's group, but um, I hear a lot about your process um, in becoming a part of the women's group. Could you explain that to us, please?
1: Sure. Well, as many know, I generally would ask for an email from the social worker that the members assigned, and from there, I would reach out to the member and I would uh, set up a date where uh, her and I could meet, and that interview is just so that I um, have an opportunity to know a little bit about who she is. based on her hobbies and things of that nature and just ensure that she's a good match for the women's group.
0: Okay, Why is this group open to everybody?
1: Uh, from my personal experience, being a part of other groups in the past, not everyone is a perfect fit. Um, I was a part of a group many years ago who allowed anyone and everyone of all ages to uh, come in and be a part of their uh, of our group and it turned out that personal things that were said within a group end up going outside the group. So this um, interview process gives women that opportunity to know that whatever I say here stays here and I have the ability to share as much as I want or as little as I want um, in a safe place. Now from from the conception,
0: of this group, when you thought, when you were thinking about it until now, how, you know, how is it? You said it's a little bit more than you you expected. In what way?
1: Uh, I, in many ways. Uh, First, um, at first it was a job that I wanted to create um, so that I can kind of create a platform for others and now what it actually has become is a sense of family. And that sense of family at times has been um, overwhelming in a, in a good way um, for me to see others be able to aspire to want to be better than what people may see before them.
0: And um, how, many, how many women do you have in the group?
1: I currently have 11 active members.
0: And over the five, we're going on five years old.
1: That's a big thing. I know. I feel like I'm graduating high school, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and someone's going to send me off to college and say, Good job well done, you know. And we have a lot more to do together, but I think we're off to a fantastic start. Um, I'm really honored and grateful for Lorene, Looney, uh, and Latricia for giving me that opportunity to get it started and seeing women like yourself uh branch out a little bit and be able to create platforms of your own.
0: Yeah. It's it's been a wonderful I I can't even explain it. You know, it's like cuz we we cry, we laugh, we cry and laugh. Mm-hmm. We laugh while we're crying, we cry while we're laughing, you know. Yep. <laughs> you know. And relationships have grown outside of the group.
1: I've seen uh, women who come in are very, very quiet, and the minute that they resonate with something that's taken place while speaking, they tend to immediately jump in and just, that's when you know they've earned their uh, purple power, you know, (laughs) and uh, just so you know, um, we've taken the color purple as a sign of strength, and so... Um, I think the name of the group Women's Empowerment Initiative kind of speaks for itself. And that purple um, just kind of gives you that little extra insight as to who we are, what we are, and what we aspire to be.
0: So where do you hope to see the group go?
1: I honestly have no idea. (laughs) I didn't even see us get into this stage where October... 21st of 2016 we will be five years of age. I do see us doing bigger and even better things. Um, I've as you know um, we're even watching our members children go off to college and aspire to be greater and better individuals and come back to us with great report cards. Mm-hmm. So we all feel like these, you know, proud family members. The aunties. And, um, I'm just delighted to see where um, each and every one of you individually, regardless of whatever path you take on, um, I, I'm i there at the end of the line waiting as the number one cheerleader. I feel like um, I started out as a sister, even though I happen to be the youngest um, participant slash group leader. Um, I, I realized that I'm the mother. What's your of name? What's your name? Little cool. boss mama. <laughs> 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 um, I'm little boss mama, and it's funny because I received for our fourth anniversary a little trophy with this little lady on it that says "Number one little boss lady ever." And really? I thought to myself, these women really know me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to me, you have a drive, a tenacity, a I'm not going to give up until I get what I need to get accomplished. What inspires that in you?
1: Are you crying, Miss Cruz? Ooh,
0: don't <laughs> get me started. Okay. <laughs> now we're about to get real.
1: Okay. Um, what's inspired me? thank you uh, what's inspired me to have this sense of drive is let it out <laughs> uh, growing up, I saw try to say it without crying, Just crying. um I'll never let it out. We'll be here all night. Um what inspired me growing up is watching my mother struggle to give us, meaning me and my sister, the things that were to many very uh, simple. And over the years I watched her struggle with the idea That I had a disability. And so it was very important for me to be able to show her that despite the disability, I, like anybody else, want to go out and be productive, be the smart, intelligent person that she taught me to be. I think that's a part of where my drive comes from, is from watching her struggle every day. And I remember I was about 28 years old when I had officially learned that she blamed herself for my medical diagnosis. And that was the moment for me where I'm like, you don't have to feel guilty over the fact that I have a disability. The disability doesn't make me a... You know, it it doesn't... It's a part it of who I am, it. but it d- doesn't define who I am as a person. At the, If you ask me, who am I? My name is Christy Cruz, and this is what I like to do. And if that's... Conducting and facilitating this woman's group or getting up to work every day. That's just who I am. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm Christy, the person with cerebral palsy. Um, that's not me. Now, I do acknowledge that I do have cerebral palsy, and I'm very proud. If I didn't have it, it really wouldn't make me who I am today, and I don't think that I would be the person that I am, if I wouldn't, maybe perhaps I wouldn't strive as hard as I, you know, attempt to. And I've, I realized um, very early on that when you have a teenage mother who wants to give you the best but doesn't have the means to give you the best it puts you in a different space and she did the best that she could with the little she had uh, and it's just my ode to her and an ode to myself because at the end of the day whether i have a disability or not no one owes me anything you know i owe myself to be the best person that i could be and- you know, in the beginning, you
0: know, of us, and, you know, being in the meeting and watching you and everything, you, I've, I've used you as, um, as a, uh, an example for my daughter who was having some difficulties. She was taking her, uh, her GD test and she was having some difficulties and I told her of what you went through taking yours. You know, and um, because most people honestly would have given up, and, and I really would love for you to to talk about that because it just, woman, well, you just don't know how much I love you. <laughs> but go ahead.
1: Please. Well, I um, I'm a high school graduate. However, I was I'm a formerly, uh, I'm a former special education student. Um, I went to Sheepshead Bay High School, and as you all know, um, you must pass your at the time for me. I'm a little old telling my my age, <laughs> but um, it was RCTs at the time, and you had to p- pass um, five RCTs in order to be able to obtain what they call a local diploma. And um, unfortunately, due to my learning disability. I did not obtain the diploma that would enable me to go to college. So I um, start looking into GED programs and, believe it or not, only two that I found were wheelchair accessible. And I call the school and I tell um, the director, I would like to know what time um, I need to register. And his response to me was, "Miss Cruz, I need you here at 9 in the morning. The day arrived, and I'll never forget, I attempt to wake up, and something said, don't go. I think I was just afraid to get the process started, not knowing that what I thought was going to be three, six months at the most would turn into a five-year run. So I go back to sleep, and I wake up again, look at the clock, completely frantic. It's minutes to 11. I should have been there by now. So I called him, and I said, did all the spaces for the class get filled? And he said, no, if you don't come now, you're going to lose your space. I have never gotten dressed so fast in my life. I don't even know how I managed to get there. I got there in about 35 minutes, okay? (laughs) And I'm going to be honest, I never combed my hair, okay? I I, I had yesterday's clothes on, but I got there. Mm -hmm. And when I get there, (laughs) he says to me, you have the last seat in the classroom. Mm. And that was a moment that I was just like, Christy, if you don't do it now, you'll never get it done. Nevertheless, I took a class. When I was ready to now take the uh, exam, um, I had notified the director who was very supportive to me, and he had been very honest and candid and told me, I have never had anyone attend our center that was a person with a disability much less require um, accommodations for a uh, learning disability. And he um, very effectively found the application for me online for me to be able to apply, take the exam. That one application sat on someone's desk for a year. We called every week okay, trying to inquire where is this application and why hasn't this student been called back and at that point I felt like maybe I shouldn't keep trying, maybe I should just give up now, I can't say I didn't try, that was the mindset I had at the time and I remember him telling me if I were you, I would honestly contact uh the news, and I thought to myself, oh, what? Mm -hmm. If I contact the news, they're going to know all my business, (laughs) and I didn't want to share that because at that time, I was not necessarily embarrassed, but I didn't want to shame my family, being that people who knew me did not know that I had a learning disability and that I was in special ed was like a no-go you don't tell nobody that so I didn't do it later um, when um, I actually thought that I was going to go forward with it he had informed me that the funding for the school had been discontinued so now I'm back to square one looking for another school that took me another year to do and eventually Um, I remembered what the previous director had told me. Go for the news, don't give up. I decided on October of 2006 to use my brand new computer for the first time and email Channel 7. I literally was a four-line paragraph that just said I have um, a disability. It's called cerebral palsy. I uh, am in need of assistance with getting the Board of Ed to grant me a reasonable accommodation for me to be able to take my state exam. They have not responded, I have documentation to prove it, and 20 minutes later someone called me back. A week later, Tappy Phillips was at my Mm door, and so October 12, 2006, I, my Story aired on TV, and I got a numerous apology, numerous apologies from people at the Board of Education. And a week later, I found myself taking the exam, but that wasn't the end of it. The start of it really was me taking that exam eight times. Uh, On my eighth try, I finally passed, and it was the most craziest ordeal that I had experienced to date at that time. Um I do not repeat, do not want to go through that again. <laughs> um that how did you how did you find
0: after taking the test? You know, how do you keep going after I don't
1: know. Doing you, you know what I'm saying? I'm done after three. Listen, I, I it, it it was a must mm-hmm. for me to get into college, and that was right, what I right. had in mind. And mm-hmm. I knew that college was would be, and still is because I'm still a student, mm-hmm. um, a challenge, but it was a must. Mm-hmm. I wanted that um, cultural background that you get from going to a college campus and being amongst people of all different right. ethnic backgrounds. And I wanted to say that you know, I was able to start something that I was able to complete.
0: Tell us how you came to be an employee of ICF. Uh,
1: well, I um, had received a, a letter in the mail. I had just moved into my Manhattan apartment. And during my transition, uh, my services for physical therapy had been terminated. And at the time... Um, I got a generic letter um, stating, you know, services are being terminated on X, Y date. Um, However, it never indicated why. And as you already know, I like to, you know, make sure that um, my voice is heard when I feel something's not right. And so I finally got a hold of my social worker at the time, and um, I was able to get, like, a fair hearing. And during my fair hearing, um, I met with uh, Marilyn Saviola and Jean Minkle. And before I knew it, the decision had been overturned. I was able to re- uh, resume my physical therapy. And I ended up speaking to Marilyn that following weekend. And she invited me to participate in uh, the Walk for Breast Cancer. And that followed um, me becoming a volunteer for the Women's Health Program. And my duties were to be able to educate the Hispanic population at the time of the services that we had to offer. And uh, after that, I found myself under Lorreen Looney when uh, the outreach uh, department was under her. And five years later, uh, I'm now an intake and enrollment coordinator. I never thought I would be here.
0: There are so many things about you that I admire. Thank you. I admire you as a person. I admire the... To see someone so young... I'll put... Go ahead. Take, take some more. Take some more. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> She's taking tissues. <laughs> but um, to see somebody so young and so mature and so aware of the people around her you're very aware of the needs of the people around you but um, you know you, you take care of everybody else before you take care of yourself i hate to keep using the word inspiring but you do you inspire people you empower people and that's more important that i i feel empowered because of you, oh, no. I'm getting hysterical.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. Is thank all I you could, is all I could really say. Thank you. I um, I do not. What I do, I do without knowing that I do. So, it's kind of, I don't want to say difficult, but it's overwhelming to hear how I've empowered others to, you know, accomplish and go after their own dreams. Um, I think that, for me, uh, I have to give a huge thank you to Car Massey. You know, she's one of the biggest pioneers in the disabled community, and she gave me a platform when I was 14 years old, and I owe it to her. and what you guys get from me, it's a reflection of what she gave to me. And so it's, that cycle, that's not gonna stop. You know, you'll be able to pass it on to others and others, you know, with guidance, may be able to pass it on to someone else. All I can say is, you know, thank you for uh, women like yourself who say at the time that we met needed support and that level of guidance that gives you the opportunity to be the person you are today, it becomes something much larger than you, you know. And thank you. Thank I mean, you. I, love you. I love you too. I really, really do. Now, you know, I'll be able to pass it on to my daughter. Yeah, that's what I'm, we gotta get to.
0: Your daughter, little meatball. Yeah. <laughs> How is it being a mother?
1: Uh, It's my greatest accomplishment to date. Mm -hmm. I've accomplished a lot in my time. When you go from having a vested counselor tell you you'll never make it to college Mm -hmm. and that all you would be good for is uh, social day programs and activities and you get a GED and you get started with college and now you have a foundation of a woman's support group that you created yourself with the help of others those things are monumental to me but my my motherhood to this little girl is I've never felt anything like this in my life um mm-hmm. I definitely say as of uh, March 3rd, 2016, Mm -hmm. she's my greatest accomplishment. Truthfully speaking, she's um, a fantastic delight and I think one of the most challenging but delightful experiences that I'm beginning to have with her now is being a career mom, keeping in mind that I will be going back to school uh, later this year. Uh, to complete my two-year degree at Laguardia, so um, going to work and being a full-time mom, uh, so I have two full-time jobs and school. Like I, I really need nothing more on my plate. But of course, in true Christy fashion, you know she'll pick up a thousand other jobs in between right, now and right, then, right. and we'll always, you know, make room for it and do it effectively. So I think that's what. Makes me, you know, who I am, and uh, I don't know where, you know, I'm going, but I do know that it's gonna go somewhere, wherever it's going, it's gonna be bright.
0: Chrissy, thank you so, so much. You're very welcome uh, for sharing yourself with us, and I'm sure as you have been an inspiration to me and a motivation to me. Others will find inspiration and motivation. And thank I love you.
1: Me. I love you too. And thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. That was my
0: friend and mentor, Christy Cruz of the Women's Empowerment Initiative at ITS. If you're interested in joining, contact your care manager by calling Member Services at one eight seven seven ICS two five two five. That's one eight seven seven ICS two five two five. You've been listening to Independence Radio, a broadcast of Independence Care System, a community-based nonprofit agency serving the Bronx, Brooklyn, Manhattan, and Queens, and dedicated to supporting older adults and adults with physical disabilities and chronic conditions to live at home and participate fully in community life. To learn more, visit www.icsny.org. Thanks for listening. I'm Stephanie Wallace, and you can catch my live talk show, Laid, Love and Intimacy for the Disabled, on Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on blogtalkradio.com slash laid. Bye-bye.